0: It is Jeff's fa- almost favorite day of the year as the World Baseball Classic is almost coming to an end. But much to his surprise or excitement, we will not be talking World Baseball Classic today. We'll be talking about the Chicago White Sox. Will they be a tough cookie for the Guardians to crack this year or will they crumble? It's a Lockdown Guardians, Lockdown White Sox crossover edition. Stay tuned.
1: You are Locked On Guardians daily podcast on the
0: Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
2: every day.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a crossover edition, uh, Locked On Guardians, Locked On White Sox, a rivalry edition. I want to thank you for making Locked On Podcasts, your first podcast today and every day, wherever you get podcasts, and remind you that we have your team covered every day. So we we're debating what cold open to do to give you some behind the scenes here. And I had one to go as well. So instead of doing a cold open, I'm going to throw this stat out. Now Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians slash Indians slash Browns slash Broncos slash Naps, however many uh, former uh, Cleveland nicknames we want to slash in there actually I have like a long rich history of players who have played for both sides you know, you immediately probably think about many Minoso uh, who Cleveland traded the White Sox and traded back for, and then, you know, uh, traded, Yeah. Three trades involving many, uh, you know, early win and it, it, you know, then there's the side of it, the Jack McDowell's of it, but I thought I'd throw it to you too. I was going through and looking for the player who has played the most games and the player who appeared for both teams who has played the least games Do either of you have any guesses on, I I don't expect anyone to get the second one. It it is kind of interesting, but uh, do either of you know who is the player who has played the most combined games for the White Sox and the guardians?
2: Uh, Most, I would say Jim. Tell me. And you nailed it. That makes me sad. Yeah. No, uh, it's Jim
0: Tomey. That makes me sad.
2: Yeah. And around Chicago, White Sox, he's the legend, White Sox legend, Jim Tomey, which I refuse to lean into uh, now that he's got a statue up by you guys.
1: No, it's 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 him, uh, Minnie Minoso, uh, and then uh, Omar Vizquel. But it is kind of funny. Like, if you're a fan of the, the 90s Cleveland baseball team, both Alomar brothers played for the White Sox and the mm-hmm. Guardians. Albert Bell, yep. Manny Ramirez. Yep. Uh, Kenny Lofton, Jim Tomey, like literally everyone who played on the nineties, Bartola uh, Cologne. Cologne yeah. yeah. And then even you go back to some of those other guys. Albert like Mike, Yeah. yeah, And okay. even someone like Mike Garcia, who was a uh, really good player, kind of a, uh, you know, one of those um best player. Most people don't know about in Cleveland history. He pitched for the white Sox, and they had a, a rich trading history. Uh I don't expect either of, you know, who the guy is, who's a player in three total games. And that's his entire big league career. Um, in, in that that guy is Jake Stryker. Uh, interesting because he was part of the Minoso back to the White Sox deal uh, where the Guardians got Norm Cash, who they then flipped for uh, Derek Dietrich's grandfather to the Tigers to help the Tigers become a great team. Uh, but Stryker is interesting because he's the only player in Major League Baseball history out of Heidelberg College, a small D2 college in Ohio. So just a fun random fact as well. He played a total of three games in his career two with Cleveland, one with the White Sox, but yeah, that's, um, oh yeah. Even Rocky colavito That's another one who I didn't know. Like it, it is interesting. These two teams have a very rich history, which I am. I'm in my early forties. Chicago was like a team I knew from afar for most of my childhood before they, they were in the same division, you know, Frank Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, for about an hour after the show yesterday, Justin and I were talking about like how Ken Griffey Jr. was set kind of a standard of coolness in the early nineties, but like, Number two in baseball during that time to me was Frank Thomas. Like he, he was the guy from a distance. I know the rivalries have been there recently, but am I wrong in feeling like these teams really didn't have a rivalry until an AL central began?
2: Yeah, I, I for for me growing up, it was just those '90s, uh, you know, Cleveland teams. Uh, boy, they were they were problematic. I think that's why our you know general manager at the time, Kenny Williams, just tried to get as many old you know Cleveland you know players. We had every, everybody except for Carlos Baerga. You know, when you went off that list, I mean, we had them all except for him. And you know, just looking at that team, and you know, in 1994, the Sox before the strike, they were on their way, but they were only up on Cleveland by like a game or something by two games. Uh, So, you know, if the sacks weren't, weren't, um, you know, finishing Cleveland, I felt like was right there. So yeah, I, and then you go back to Bill Vack. I mean, Bill Vack had, you know, you know, experiences with Cleveland and Chicago, of course. Terry Francona was in the White Sox system. He, I think, managed uh, Michael Jordan, if I remember yes. that that documentary, 100%. uh correct. So yeah. Tito
1: played for both, his dad played yes, for both. Too as absolutely.
2: Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, a sneaky amount of history between the two. We we'll probably introduce ourselves, by the way, before uh, we. Who
0: needs introductions here? Yeah, I'm. I'm Jeff. I'm. I'm I'm, listen, I'm you're Jeff. Jeff. That's, okay, that's so our April Fool's Day episode. Okay, we're going uh, to switch. You're going to. You're going to hit Justin on the World Lattie. Baseball Classic, and um, I'm out until this thing's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Justin Latta. That's Jeff Ellis. That's Nick Marowski from Locked On White Sox, and uh, I guess the first question we have to ask Nick about the White Sox this year is. How many wins is a manager worth? I guess that's the first question you're gonna find out the answer to this year.
2: Yeah, that, that's always an interesting conversation, right? Manager war, and I believe that uh, the White Sox will be much better prepared. Uh, they will be a fundamentally sound team. At least that that seems to be the uh, you know the effort this spring training and everything that Pedro Grifol has said this offseason uh, I, I love the the coaching staff that he's surrounded himself with. I really feel like he's been able to hand pick, yeah you know, who is going to be with him. And not surprising, there are there are a couple guys from Kansas City. I didn't know much of Pedro Graffold, despite uh, you know his long tenure with the Kansas City Royals. I thought it was a surprising decision, but his baseball resume speaks for itself. Uh, the amount of players that you know have come out this off season have said this is the best spring training you know i've been a part of uh it has been very you know player directed manager facilitated uh, he is big on communication he asked players early on what do you want to see in spring training um and so what what how many wins i don't boy that that's tough to really you know i we're going to find out for sure i you know they were 81 and 81 last year and a lot of predictions you know from FanDuel and other spots uh they don't think much of what Pedro Grafol could bring, but uh, we here in Chicago, you know, Sox fans have been really surprised with uh, the good vibes, so to speak, that have been coming out of Glendale, Arizona. And the more you, you more quotes you read from Pedro Grafol, I, I have gotten uh, more excited about uh, what he what he could bring to this ball club.
0: I feel like I kind of wonder, like, we, you know, obviously everybody else made a big deal out of it outside of Chicago. You guys had to live through it, but like, I don't know. Did it Did it get overblown, that entire situation and replacing the manager? Like, was it, did, was everybody outside of, outside of Chicago making a bigger deal out of it than what it probably was just because of, of how things unfolded last year, considering like the White Sox were a favorite?
2: It was a, it was an absolute, um, embarrassment last year and it'll go down as one of the worst seasons in in my lifetime I mean the Sox have over you know 120 years of history so that's difficult to say it was the most disappointing ever but I would say top five um look Tony La Russa should have never been the manager of the Chicago White Sox I mean it's well documented uh, here locally that Jerry Reinsdorf tried to to, try to right or wrong um you know he got rid of uh La Russa back in the 80s. And you know, we got bounced uh in, in 2020. Ricky Renteria, I think, should have still stayed as the manager, giving him one more shot with within a with a solid team in 2021. Uh, yes, they won the division in 2021. And I and I want to give LaRussa some credit. There, there was there was a lot of stuff going on injury-wise for the Sox in 2021. He had to, he had to navigate his way around, but We also had guys that really stepped up production. Was it all LaRussa's fault in 2022? Of course not. We got bit by the injury bug again, but, you know, there there are a lot of articles that are coming out now, namely one from Bob Nightingale from USA Today recently with some players uh, like Lance Lynn saying, look, you know, LaRussa needed daily naps. He, you know, he was speaking so softly we couldn't even hear him. Uh, throughout the year we knew that there was the heart issue going on but I think that there were other things going on and we'll just never know because La Russa was that type of guy um, the change needed to happen Miguel Cairo came in um, we got hot for a while there it, it looked like you know uh, he he really hit a nerve with the White Sox and then uh, the really the the nail in the coffin was when Cleveland came to town and just completely ate our lunch uh, in that sweep. Uh, and that was it. But, um, you know, I was surprised that they went with Pedro Grafaule. I, I thought with this caliber of team still, the, the windows open for this White Sox team. I thought they were definitely going to get somebody uh, that had recent managerial experience. And Grifole's never managed you know, uh, at the big league level. I mean, he's been involved in, in a lot of decisions for a long period of time, knows the AL Central very well, knows us very well, and, you know, and can take guys aside and say, look, this is what I've seen from you, uh, you know, on the other side of the dugout. So, I, you know, it, it was uh, I, nationally, I'm sure people were like scratching their head, like why Tony Larusa? and what was he doing, you know, intentionally walking guys with two strikes, this, that, and the other locally as Sox fans, we were absolutely enraged. It, it had to end, and, and I'm glad it did.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things when I, I looked at the hire, I did not know as much about Pedro Griffal, but I think uh, the bilinguality is one mm-hmm. of those things that is so, va- uh, so very important and something we will be seeing more of in managers, and I think that's one of those things that definitely stood out um, with this White Sox team. Speaking of things that stand out, uh, let's take a moment here and take a quick break to talk about one of our fantastic sponsors. And today our new sponsor, not new sponsor. One of our returning sponsors always love it. When a sponsor comes back is LinkedIn these days, every new potential hire can feel a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, So head over to LinkedIn, create uh, a job, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So I small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Right now, head to LinkedIn Jobs to help you find the qualified candidates you want to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I'm sure, Justin, you got something else you're ready to fire up and go with?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess from the outside looking in, just what... uh... How do you think the Guardians or the White Sox? What are they? I don't know. I, I don't want to say what do they have to do to catch the Guardians because nobody. It's not like the Guardians are heavy favorites or this team that's that's uh, projected to win all these games and nobody can can chase them down. But on the outside, just after last season, uh, what do you think the White Sox are changing the most in order to dethrone the Guardians? I suppose.
2: Well, one of the things that. Um... You know, we just it was so irritating uh, for White Sox fans uh, during Sox Guardians games. And, and there were other moments it is when the Guardians did such a nice job of taking uh, advantage of our weaknesses. And, and two big weaknesses for the White Sox were our corner outfielders. They were two guys that are not outfielders. Uh, Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets had no business being in the outfield. Uh, but that is the way the front office decided to play it last year. And, you know, the Guardians, other teams, they took extra bases. They ran on those guys' arms. Uh, you know, that was just it – was, it was almost like, here, this is what you need to change in the offseason. You need to get corner outfielders that are actual outfielders. Socks were bottom of the barrel defensively. Uh, we did not have a single player hit over 18 home runs. And Sox Park, guaranteed right field, is a very Homer-friendly uh, ballpark. So that is ridiculous you know, to not to not reach that. Yes, we had injuries. Uh, how are we going to, you know, overtake the AL Central? I mean, like everybody, but I think really with the White Sox, we need to stay healthy. Uh, I need to see Luis Robert, Johan Mancada, Aloy Jimenez play in at least 130 games. Okay, maybe 140. I, I, if you could get to 150, watch out. I, I would say that would be that would be something we just haven't seen. We don't even know some of these guys' ceiling because they just not have not played in a lot of games together. Um, you know, can Giolito have a bounce back year? I mean, that's the big question. This is his walk year. Uh, so our starting staff, I have a lot of faith in. You know, Cease, Lynn, uh, Kopek, Giolito, Mike Clevenger. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen with him <laughs> in our fifth spot. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's winning on the margins. You know, I, I think the Sox just, they, they can't beat themselves. They have to play fundamentally sound baseball. They need to be aggressive on the base paths. It'll be interesting to see if Billy Hamilton makes the team. He'd be a huge threat uh, later in the game uh, to put some pressure on the uh, opposition. But, uh, you know, just play sound baseball. Chemistry is huge, too. Pedro Grafone is pushing chemistry culture. Like, uh, I it just didn't feel like the Sox liked each other last year or enjoyed playing the game. And uh, get back to... Uh, you know, enjoying that, and Elvis Andres is a guy that I'm so glad he came back into the fold for the White Sox. He's a great clubhouse guy, and uh, so it, guardian it, it, killer. He, <laughs> yeah, he is, is the only team yeah. he's
1: he is
0: even back to Texas. He is a guardian killer. He is his his only mistake last year. The first the first time he ever made a mistake against Cleveland was that comment he made about the whole yes, yeah, cookie crumbling thing. That was yep. like the first time in his career he did something that that helped Cleveland versus hurting yeah. them. No, for whatever reason,
1: uh, he just plays super well against Cleveland.
2: He took on a leadership role for this White Sox team with Tim Anderson going down uh, late in the year. And, uh, you know, he said after after the season ended, look, I I might have to change a position, which he is. He's going to be going to second base, uh, but I want to come back. I want to come back with this team. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the long of it. I think the short of it is just, they got to clean up their mistakes they've got to play sound baseball and uh you know ball go far team go far stay healthy <laughs> <laughs> just uh a... oh
1: real quickly just to go around to the your point about the home runs just to give some context uh according to baseball savant number two park in home runs by yep. park factor so yeah. uh great america is won by a significant margin uh colorado <laughs> of course field is down at six number well not by uh between two and three, it's close between guaranteed rate and Dodger Stadium, so that is very noticeable. Uh, though it's also interesting is it's one of the worst for doubles, so it's either home runs or singles.
2: Yeah, don't want to build a
1: team for speed. You know, in the gaps y-
2: there. You guys, I don't think you know hit a ton of home runs, and I think that was kind of the aggravating thing from Sox fans is like, look at this Guardians team, L- look what they're doing. You know, they're just out hustling us. You know, they're they're getting the extra base. Situational hitting is is huge. They're putting the opposition on their heels. And, and it's not like we have to constantly hit run hit home runs. But when the, oppor- you know, when the opportunity presents itself with situational hitting and, and, and two-out hitting and, and men's out, men out with runners and scoring position, you, you got to take advantage of that. And uh, that's what I hope they can get back to.
1: Yeah, the White Sox had 22 more home runs last year. They had uh, 22nd in baseball to Cleveland being 29th. Yeah. so Unbelievable. I would
0: have assumed that gap was a lot bigger. But, I mean, that, that goes to your point, though. You have to build – you have to build your team to the ballpark you're playing in 81 times a year. That doesn't mean you can't – you can neglect other parts of your ball club. You have, like you said, you have to be fundamentally sound. you got to do all the right things. But you play in the same ballpark 81 times a year. You play everywhere else a fraction of that. If you don't build your team to win in your own ballpark, you're going to struggle a lot because that's where you, you are most of the time. And uh, I guess – you know I, I would have assumed the White Sox had a lot more home runs, but probably that had to do with health and – you know, when you don't do the other stuff, when you're not hitting home runs, it's hard to, to maintain pace.
1: It is. They are literally below average in singles, doubles, and triples in that park. Singles, basically about average, but doubles and triples, well below average. So that is it. You need to build that team
2: for home runs. Yeah, and, and we haven't had a lot of speed on this club, and, and then it's just healthy speed. You know, Luis, Luis Robert, uh, he's been hurt over the last couple of years. And so, I mean, basically what our general manager, Rick Hahn, pitched uh, to fans in November, right before the winter meeting in, in December is we're we're banking on health and we're banking on players returning to a custom levels, essentially the back of their baseball cards, as he likes to say. And that, and that, to me, and to a lot of fans, just it did not sit well. You know, eventually they did pop for Andrew Benatendi. and um, but banking on that, everybody's banking on that. You know, every team is hoping that their guys can get back to health, uh, you know, healthy form, and return to a custom level. So I don't think that was the strategy. But the fact that we haven't seen guys like Mancada, Jimenez, and Robert all play together for 130, 140 games boy, if we could get that, uh, that would be that would be pretty special. Yeah,
0: we were talking too. I think I wonder, like, well, and, and the White Sox are still a young team. It's not like they have a lot of old guys, but like we were we were suggesting when we were doing a crossover with uh, Brandon of Lockdown Twins that, you know, the Guardians were the youngest team in baseball. Is there some connection between being young and staying healthy? Like that generally, mm. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's some kind of connection there, but the Guardians seem to have it. I don't want to jinx it here on march 21st I, and then I will April say Aloy, is, we get Aloy is
1: 26 luis robert is 25 and those are maybe
0: the two most hurt guys for them a year ago yeah, yeah so maybe our theory doesn't stand up that youth buys you health
2: yeah eloy jimenez uh, dropped uh maybe 20 plus pounds this off season he said he wanted to get back to a comfortable weight from uh you know his minor league days you could tell it too he he does uh It'll they'll take some pressure off his knees. It doesn't mean he should be out in the outfield. Uh, he should he should be our designated hitter, which I think that that's something that I think, a lot, you know, excites a lot of Sox fans. You know, our, uh, Oscar Colas uh, can break camp, which I think he will. He's been having a monster spring and he can play right field. He's a proven right fielder. And we've got Andrew Benatendi and left with Robert in center then Aloy Jimenez, he can be our DH. And if he could just stay, like, he's not on the team to win a gold glove. He'll never win a glove, gold glove. You're on this club for your bat. Uh, and when he focused just on designated hitter towards the end of last season, everybody saw it, including the front office. Like, wow, you know, this guy can stay on the field, and he's, he's dangerous when he could play a long string of games without having to take a breather because of leg soreness or this, that, and the other from playing in the outfield.
0: Before we wrap up today's episode, this crossover edition, I know Jeff's got uh, his favorite guys he wants to talk about first.
1: Yes, that would be, you know, in terms of favorite guys, we're talking favorite sponsors. Those are our good friends over at Built Bar. I'm a fan of Built Bar. I don't traditionally love uh, protein bars, but I do enjoy Built Bar. Uh, They're right now doing their March Madness. And for you White Sox listeners who haven't heard this before, I will tell you which one I think you should buy from each of these matchups. Banana cream pie puff, peanut butter brownie bite, peanut butter brownie. They do peanut butter well. Cookie dough puff, cookie dough bar. Can't go wrong with either. I would lead bar. Uh, Coconut marshmallow puff or coconut. This time we lead to the puff. Churro puff, salted caramel. Churro puff is one of the best puffs in my humble opinion. Brownie batter puff or coconut brownie chunk. Well, coconut brownie chunk won it all last year lemon dip cheesecake puff or the double chocolate go double chocolate mint brownie puff versus mint brownie it's the only one i haven't tried so i can't give you one there and maple donut nut versus cookies and cream vote cookies and cream i would say and remember if you go to billbar.com use that promo code lock 15 to save 15 percent. that's a better deal than you get right now if you enter their contest you only get 10 percent off there so use the promo code lock 15 to save and if you want to try it before then head to walmart hand to, head to sam's club go to the pharmacy aisle and try the best tasting protein bar that I personally have ever tried. That's builtbar.com promo code locked or heading to Walmart or Sam's club today, tomorrow, soon.
0: All right, Nick. So from, from the outside looking in, what, uh, what questions do you think White Sox fans will have about the guardians? What, what is the view on the guardians from the outside from, from White Sox fans that in White Sox camp, do you think?
2: Well, you know, we saw, um, you know, we saw Tristan McKenzie recently, and, and he's pitched really well against the Sox, especially last season. Um, saw him briefly in spring training last week. Uh, he looked pretty sharp. I mean, Shane Bieber, you know, he, he's been always tough with us. I guess, you know, White Sox fans are, are confident in the starting pitching. So I guess it would be, you know, how does how do you feel Cleveland's starting pitching matches up? Like, do you feel strong one to five, uh, or, or, you know, are there some shaky spots?
0: Yeah, we did touch on that with, with Brandon a little bit because we said the Twins rotation probably one through five right now. Like with who the Guardians are going to roll out, to start the year. The Twins rotation is probably better. And I would say the White Sox, if they get a return from Giolito to where he was and if Kopech is his, can deliver on his promise, they might be better one through five. I think it's one, th- one and two. I think Cleveland has the best starting pitchers in the, in the division. One and two, uh, after two- after one and two, it's it's a bit
2: dicier. And I know. Then- I
1: think the White Sox can compete at one two though. With Cease, yeah, I mean, and, you know, Cease there it's like that's the thing. Lance yeah. Lynn, like, probably. Yeah. Lance Lynn had his ups and downs. I think the White Sox, like the top three, definitely scare me. And if Kopac can stay, you know, healthy a full year, like. I, Clevenger looked bad a year ago. Yeah, uh, we don't even need to talk about anything else. He just yeah. he didn't pitch well. He hasn't pitched well since 2020. I'm mm-hmm. being honest. You're mm-hmm. you're expecting a guy this year who's three years out from that. I I, I personally think there are better options at the cost that they gave him. Yes. I think yes. I think I honestly, I think bringing Cueto back would have been a better addition. Personally, absolutely,
2: absolutely.
1: I think Cleveland's one advantage maybe in this though, when you compare them to the White Sox and to the Twins, is Cleveland's got five really interesting pitchers in in triple a or double a right now and clever uh not clever uh and savale have have had health issues they're kind of near in the end shane beaver is going to get traded after this season we all know Uh that you know mckenzie's the guy quantrell is 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 what he is he's he's you know like his uncle right you know just a solid guy you can count on. Is it his dad? I always get confused because it's, uh, it's yeah. yeah so please, it's please sack. Yeah, yeah. When Quantrell and yeah. please sack were yeah. we're pen uh, arms with Toronto is what I think about, but yeah. So, you know, it's like he's, he's dependable, but he's nothing spectacular. So for Cleveland, it's kind of like, I don't know if I want to call it a bridge here with pitching, but to a degree it is, it's, it's that next generation is, is, is really looking good. There are two or three that have health issues, but, uh, they already have one of those guys on the 40 man, two more are going to have to get added this off season. And then the two guys who don't need to be added Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams, you know, we had um, uh, the Bally's reporter, Andre not on recently. And he was like joking about how they were trying to hide these two guys from, from Terry Francona. Cause they didn't want Francona to see them mm-hmm. because he thought they'd want to add them. Now they're looking uh, that good. So Cleveland, I think one to five is the weakest of the three. I think at the top, Chicago, personally, I think one through three, Chicago beats Cleveland. Um, And then, but I think, you know, the White Sox I could be wrong. It's like most of their top prospects outside of Noah Schultz, who they just drafted out of high school last year, is far away, are are hitters. So I think Cleveland's one advantage is just that pitching depth that is right on the cusp.
2: Yeah, I I say Schultz is probably the most exciting. I mean, we've got guys like Norgay Vera, Sean Burke. I like Burke. I do like Burke. You know, Burke could be... If something happens, you know, and if we need if we need a fifth, Burke could step up. Davis Martin was the guy last year Burke, Matthew Thompson, but I think Burke would be probably the guy to look at. Uh, yeah, Colson Montgomery is is the guy that everyone wants to talk about as our uh, potentially future shortstop second baseman depending on what happens with Tim Anderson if he does become a White Sox player for life. Um, I doubt that Jerry Reinsdorf makes that happen, but that might be for a whole nother separate conversation. So, uh, aside from, you know, uh, how our pitching matches up, I think, do you guys, do do Cleveland fans realize how dangerous Jose Ramirez is to the Chicago White Sox? Like, I mean, do you guys get that? Because, Every time he comes up to bat, I mean, you'll—I'll be on like White Sox Twitter, and it's just walk, Jose Ramirez. Do not pitch to Jose Ramirez, and then he'll hit a bomb, and it's just like, why did you even give him anything to hit? It happens all the, all the
0: time. I remember I was leaving for vacation in 2019, and Jose had just come back from the handmaid injury, and Cleveland was was still fighting for a playoff spot at that time. It was it was pretty bleak. They. They were kind of out of it, but they were, they still had a fighting chance. And he comes back and he hits that grand slam and his first at bat back zero rehab. The minor leagues were over, so he couldn't go and rehab the injury next to batty. It's a three round Homer uh, or I think it's a two round Homer. I can't remember if it's six RBIs or seven RBIs in mm-hmm. one game. Mm-hmm. They win that game, but that turns out to be Jose Ramirez's last uh, game of the season that year. But I'll always remember that, that moment right there. And but that, that, that kind of was Cleveland summed up for a little bit there in that, that, bridge era where it was like Jose Ramirez can can kill you but nobody else can so he won a game by himself that night and then he got hurt and then that was the end of their season so hopefully that doesn't happen anymore but uh yeah you're absolutely right I I he has he has done some things to the White Sox over the years I kind of figured it'd be more of a Josh Naylor tilt this time around but
2: uh you know, we do not like Josh Naylor uh, on the south side of Chicago, uh, that's for sure. And I'm sure he has no love for uh, White Sox fans or for the Sox in general. So that's that's a guy to be, be looking for. You guys got Josh Bell, and, uh, but Jose Ramirez is just, you know, uh, that's the bar right now for just White Sox killers, so to speak
1: uh speaking of guardians killers you guys signed brian shaw glad to see that he couldn't (laughs) come back to cleveland i can't not talk brian shaw
2: yeah
1: Uh, i assume he's got no chance of making this team right
2: you know he uh he's had an interesting spring i think he's got seven or eight innings logged uh he's given up uh, zero earned runs i believe uh so uh he's got a lot of innings on that arm though uh so i we don't need another right hand reliever but you know, I, it was interesting bringing him in. Uh, we'll see what happens with some of the guys that we have that are kind of more of the lock. Uh, I got, he, he, to me, he's more of on the fringe, but um, yeah, I, I don't have him penciled in on my, on my bullpen. How hard and is it, he throwing right now? Do you know, is, that,
0: is there any reports
2: I haven't seen any reports. You know, it's so difficult, you know, to, there's yeah. no, there's nothing on the screen. You kind of just have to um, rely on, yeah, you're just relying on broadcasters. And I, so I haven't heard a number, but I, I like his line, you know, and he he came in today's game and cl- cleaned up some stuff and was, pr- was pretty good. So, I mean, he's, he's getting, he's getting work. He's, he's being able to showcase, but um, I, I don't think he had like a, a strong chance, but you never know. There's, there's a couple guys on this team that, uh you know, prognosticators were saying, look, I think this guy's gonna break with camp. Uh is, is a righty arm, kind of a dark horse, and they have not had a very good spring at all. Uh, so we'll see what Grafol and, and uh, Ethan Katz want to do. All right, I want to go around real quick before we wrap the show up. I know
0: we're kind of late already, but in a sentence, why do we hate our team? So who wants to who wants to say why they hate their team in a sentence first? <laughs>
2: I can go. I can, I can kick it off since I'm the guest. Um, Franchise wise. I hate my team because of our owner, Jerry Reinsdorf and how absolutely cheap he is. Uh, However, I love our team because of the rich history and specifically this year, I love our team for the potential uh, and what they could be if they stay healthy. I
1: got to before I jump in, I gotta say, that's one of the things as much as we do complain points about the penny pitching in Cleveland, I think White Sox fans would probably switch owners if we asked yeah because well, well, I, I bet I bet Jacobs would or not Jacobs I, I know Jacobs would have stolen I bet Dolan's would probably spend more than Ryansdorf and uh, you know hey here's nobody what I love
0: a sign saying sell the team Larry and, or and he, get, he stays
1: the heck out of the way. He has yeah. not, like, yeah, we know management did not want to hire LaRusso. You know, we already yeah. talked about this, but he we went over their heads, and that is the one thing Dolan never does. That's mm-hmm. why we get to keep that's why, uh, mm. you know, Antonetti did not go to the Mets, yeah, it's, or not Antonetti, right. um, uh, Chernoff,
0: Chernoff, right? Uh,
1: what do I hate? I the thing I hate about my team is that, uh, no matter how good they are, they're always the third team in town. Uh, yeah. even when there's teams that, you know, really don't deserve much attention. They're always third. So it's not even about that. And I know maybe this will get people mad because there are people who get super defensive, but it's a well-run team. I wish they got more support.
2: Hmm.
1: And yeah. what I love about the team is I love that front office. I mean, there's a reason why it gets rated all the time. There's a reason why like every team has a few guys from Cleveland and at that, that front office is, maybe the best front office in sports just in terms of like its consistency and what's going on and how they seem to always be ahead of the curve. And we talk about like on this podcast, some of the last few drafts, some of the guys they have drafted who have immediately had like four or five mile an hour additions to their fat, like the, the whole, the, the way it's all integrated is Mm -hmm. is huge.
0: Yeah. I'll keep it quick. I I hate it because they are too, they stick with guys too long because they can't afford to replace their mistakes. So they, they bring guys in, or even if it's prospects or other guys, sometimes they stick with them too long. They try to give them the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes that burns them pretty bad, but overall, I do like them because they, they do draft and develop well for the, for a team that doesn't spend any money and they should spend more than they do. I'm not saying they should have a Yankees or a Dodgers payroll, but a nice hundred million every year would be, or yes would be nice and just be consistent with that. And, that could go a long way to a team that knows how to to churn through a great minor league system. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts about White Sox guardians in 2023 before I bug Jeff with uh, the second to last world baseball classic update?
2: You know, I, I think fans have gotten more and more optimistic. I believe uh, as spring training has gone on uh, there are still a lot of fans that are like, you know, I'll believe it when I see it that these guys can stay on the field, but You know, if 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 uh, the Sox can really stay healthy, uh, there is a chip on these guys shoulders. Uh, And I think the new manager and the new coaching staff has got it will have them prepared uh, to play, uh, play some some good baseball early on. You know, make sure it's urgent in April and May. Can't win the series in April, May, but you could lose it. Uh, And I think they're going to be playing some better baseball early on. Uh, And then maybe, you know, who knows what can happen throughout the summer? Guardians of White Sox first game, May
0: 16th in Chicago. So got a whole month of baseball to get warmed up before these two teams see each other. Jeff, are you ready for the second to last world baseball classic update?
1: Um, I- I'm ready for them to be done.
0: Oh man. Well, I want the world baseball Classic to go on forever. I'm watching Japan, Mexico, and Mexico just took the lead. It's late in the game and man, this has been a great game. Randy Rosarino fun and, there's no guardians left. I don't know. Is there any white Sox left in the in the World Baseball Classic? Is this it? Oh, Tim uh, Anderson, Tim uh,
2: Anderson, and uh, Lance Lynn. I don't know if he's yeah. going to get any any action, but yeah, Timmy Anderson's been uh, playing pretty regularly.
0: Well, I hope they all stay healthy, and I hope the ga- the final two games or game plus the two innings left when recording this are awesome because Japan Mexico has been awesome. Long live the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> Much to Jeff's dismay,
1: uh, and then maybe. We- not as much fun for White Sox fans. But we always end our podcast one way, which is thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review, download it helps, subscribe, like, hit the bell, all those fun things. Uh, we haven't done a check in in a while, so I can tell you that uh, for Locked and Guardians, we're li- almost to 1,400 subscribers. So join in if you have not, and go, go, Guardians, go.